Hi, I'm David Wallach. And I'm Tara McCool. We are proud to bring you our new show, Calgary Next, where we'll focus on positive business stories in our city. Who are the disruptors? Why have they chosen Calgary? And what do they see for the future? Every Saturday, we'll have in-depth conversations with business leaders that will leave you with insights about leadership and starting or growing a business in Calgary. Today's guest is Scott Hutchison co-founder and executive chair at Aspen Properties, which is a privately held boutique real estate company that owns and manages commercial office space in downtown Calgary and Edmonton. Scott co-founded Aspen in 1998 and before that served as president of a real estate partnership in Florida and was an investment banker for Goldman Sachs in New York and San Francisco. Scott's an active member in the Calgary community, serving on numerous boards, past and present, including as board chair of Calgary 2026, which is a community initiative to explore an Olympic and Paralympic bid for the city. We remember that one well, as well as board chair of Arts Commons and RealPAC, the leading commercial real estate industry association. Hello, Scott. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure having you. Good morning, Scott. And, and you know, the first question that comes to mind when we review your uh, bio San Francisco, New York, University in Utah, uh, Florida. So why did you choose Calgary? Well, you know, we all, um, any, any of us that knew anything about Calgary in the 1990s, 20-something years ago, knew about the Alberta Advantage. And, and I am a Canadian, wanted to return to Canada after being in the U.S. And, and I'm from the East, but I looked at the, the parameters across our country and the opportunities and and Alberta had the, the, the highest education and the most open, um, business-friendly kind of government across the country, tax-friendly and really entrepreneurial spirit. And that Alberta advantage uh, was something I studied before I relocated back from the U.S. to come back to my home country and start a business. So, so that was 20-some years ago, the Alberta advantage. So why did you stay? And what makes you stay? You know, it's the people. Um, I think we've got the most resilient people in our country, and we've got the most entrepreneurial people. Um, this, 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 the city of Calgary, the city of Edmonton, the, the province, um, has a way about finding solutions to the future. And we've had, we've had a setback for the last few years as it relates to a transition in the energy world. But you can still see it every day. You can see the grit. You can see the positive attitude. You can see how we find solutions and, and, and where we're going with this province. So it's been easy. It's been who I am. It's defined me. And I'm very, I feel very grateful to be in this community. So what's the market condition like right now for the commercial real estate industry in downtown Calgary? We always hear about the, all of the vacancies and people leaving the city. So tell us about where, what you see now, how things are changing, what you see in the future. Sure. Um, what happened in our downtown was a combination of job contraction combined with this great op 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 optimism that was looking to build a whole bunch of new office buildings. So 5 million square feet of new office buildings were built and 5 million square feet in essence was contracted in space um, because of job loss with the transition of the oil industry and, and the prices related to energy. So so that's what happened. Today where we are is we've got a great downtown plan that our city 
uh, voted on and approved two, two, three weeks ago um, related to a $200 million investment to conversion of office space into residential space. And that'll be one of the things that take care of, uh, you know, we could see three to five million square feet of office space get converted to res. And I'll tell you why that's important in the most simple terms. I said to my 22 year old a few weeks ago, take a look at a picture, pull up on your, on your computer a picture of Vancouver. And he looked at it and he knows the difference between balconies and, and curtain walls of glass, sheer glass. And he goes, the downtown of Vancouver is all residential. I said, pull up Toronto. That's, that's half and half, pull up Montreal. So I'll picture Montreal and he goes, that's, that's residential, pull up Calgary. Calgary has pushed away residential traditionally because our office was growing so quickly and we don't have the right blend of 24-hour life, the blend of residential and office in the downtown, which is really what makes the livability. Um, it, brings, it brings school systems, it brings grocery stores, and it brings a better balance of work and life together. And that's the transition we'll go through, and the city has accepted that and embraced that and invested in a new um, Arts Commons uh, facility of $240 million dollars and a real redevelopment of our downtown. And that's where we go from here. That's so exciting. So what does that look like in reality, developing from commercial into residential? That's got to be pretty tough. I mean, there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be rebuilt. Well, nothing's easy, and this is certainly the case, uh, Tara, uh, Tara and, and, and we will have to focus on it. So there's an incentive program that our city is providing to the real estate community that has vacant office or obsolete office and is willing to take that risk. And that incentive programs, $75 a square foot up to certain limits that the city will impose fairly soon. But that's, that goes a really long way to, to creating a circumstance of um, obsolete space to new space. And it is complicated, but it can be done and that number is the right number to do to incent developers to turn their eye away from something that's pretty much vacant to something that could be really vibrant and and so we call it vibrancy from vacancy scott um you know when when we did the intro tara mentioned that uh we're going to talk about the disruptors in in, in the different industries and i want to go to discuss aspen properties your company uh being a disruptor in downtown with innovation and change to what we are used to in the office uh, market here, uh, especially the two buildings uh, that you recently renovated, the Edison at the corner of 9th and 1st Street, and uh, the new one, which is the uh, Ampersand. So what made you guys take that leap? Well, thank you, David. It has been so fun for us because we developed a thesis, I'm going to say six years ago, that said corporate office is no longer where office is going to go. And we experimented with a building, the Edison, and we said, let's make the office space amenity rich, meaning well, what can we add to the office space to make it more exciting through amenities? And I'll get to some of those in a second. And what can we do to make the office space playful? And those were our words was corporate places that are playful, not corporate places that are boring and stayed and looked like corporate places of the past. So most office buildings, when you go downtown, they might have a fitness facility that's an afterthought. 
and usually it's a lot of granite and it's a lot of sort of traditional look for a suit and tie. We we pivoted and we said it five years ago. Let's do the Edison. In the Edison, we put things like basketball courts and golf simulators, and we allowed dogs for the first time in Canada and in downtown office buildings to to come to work with their owners. And we put an outdoor dog park with little um, mm. fake fake uh, fire hydrants and fake grass and and love um, it. Yeah, so we, we, we pivoted and said, let's make this playful. And, and we toured Silicon Valley and we looked at what, you know, Google's doing on their, their suburban campuses. And we said, let's bring that concept on steroids to the downtown. And the Edison was hugely successful. We get some of the highest rents in the city. It was, I'd say, arguably one of the ugliest buildings in the downtown, the, the former in the place. <laughs> yeah. I agree. It was, you know, it was terrible. <laughs> And today it's a really active, cool place to go with one of the best, ca- the coolest cafes in the whole city. And then we said, well, let's do that on steroids when we bought Sun Life Plaza and renamed it the Ampersand. And there we had 1.1 million square feet to work with, which is a huge building in the downtown of any city. And we developed 57,000 square feet of amenities in it. We have a social stair where you can gather in the main lobby and we've got a sunken basketball court in the main lobby of the building after you enter into it. Um, we put food trucks in place, a traditional food retail, um, huge conference center, the largest, I think probably the largest um, private fitness center, yoga center, spin class area, a library and, and, and something in a tenant lounge and something I'm really, really proud of at the end of the day is, is we partnered with a, not-for-profit on, on Lily Cafe, which is um, all the employees at, at this beautiful little coffee shop have intellectual or physical disabilities. And um, it's been a big hit to the community. So these are the kind of amenities and places and, and gathering places that are not traditional at all. And the, the place doesn't feel traditional. We've got a golf simulator. We allow dogs to come in in this building. Stuff that's, you know, spin classes and spin class uh, theater. And so we're having a lot of fun with what we're doing. We're, 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 that building may be the coolest building in the country. I've asked others to challenge that, and I don't get any resistance yet. So, so uh, Scott, sorry, we have to take a break now for commercial, okay. and uh, we'll be back on the other side of the commercial. And we're back on Calgary Next with Scott Hutchison, co-founder and executive chair at Aspen Properties. And Scott, you were just talking about Lily, uh, the cafe that you opened up just before the break. And I know people who make a special trip from across town to come and visit and support that cafe. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a really cool piece of, of what we've done. <clears throat> Sorry, it's been really cool for us to um, to partner with that family and it's the only cafe that I've ever heard of that the first week they actually had more gratuities than they did sales because everybody that came <laughs> by was, was so moved by it. It's amazing. That's that's community support, right? They support when when they see companies supporting a community, communities will support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's really fun. S- Scott, I have to... Um try and get you to kind of uh, expand beyond the office space. Um, you're involved with Art Commons. You're chairing the Art Commons. You were involved with bringing Windsport to Calgary. You were involved with the uh, Olympics, the bid for the Olympics. By the way, I don't want to ask you 
what would $5 billion will do for us now, because I know it's an open wound. Uh, but how do we get all this together, the arts, the sport, the business, to become a vibrant, strong city coming out from the five years of oil and gas and on top of it, the COVID? Sure. Well, you know, um, quietly and, and, and disconnected in very many ways, we actually have, in my view, the most exciting five years coming at us in 25 years for our city. We will have a green line. Um, I, I'm going to tell you that we're going to have a, a rail uh, transit system from the airport to the downtown to, to, to Banff. Um, we are going to have, uh, we already are under construction, underway on construction of a new entertainment facility called an arena. Um, we have um, a, lot, a, a new um, library just completed. We have a new uh, convention center in BMO, and we've just got approved a $240 million facility for Arts Commons. These things start, and, and the Glenbow Museum is close to having its funding prepare, prepared to, to renovate and, and create a new renaissance there. So these things are really exciting. I don't remember in 20 years anything close to this kind of infrastructure development, and that'll create a new opportunity for Calgarians and a place, a place to come to, a place to stay to, a new energy. And we have a really great future coming towards the energy transition because there's nobody in the world positioned better than, than Albertans to look at hydrogen and to look at the ways to make energy technologically different than it was yesterday. Absolutely. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. These are really, really great times, but you can't forget culture and you can't forget the arts and you can't forget sports and those contributions to bring us together and to heal us after a post COVID when we've been separated. That's exactly right. We need some things like that to bring us all together. There's so much divisiveness. And so these are the types of things that bring us together. The solution is stampede and beer. <laughs> oh, oh you're going to jump afterwards. into that one, are you? Yeah. Sorry, Scott, what? And spin class afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Scott, I want to bring you back to commercial real estate. With the, with the combination of companies looking at having flexible work from home and people within the office, how does that change what companies are looking for in the office space? Well, I don't think we go backwards to a place where everybody's expected to be in the office environment five days a week. But it's very few companies that can actually move into a place where you and I aren't in the same office space to create culture. So what, what we predict is that the office, of the, the office of the future will be more flexible and teams will be required to be together for periods of time. And that's probably something like four days a week, but not five days a week. It might be three days a week, depending on your business. But you can't be a part and build culture. And when we saw the first 90 days of COVID, there was an awful lot of success of working from home. We all felt it. I mean, I felt it. I felt like this is new and it's cool and I'm energized. But, mm. it, but that wore off. There's lots of results that say that that adrenaline and that that change of pace wore off and now people are, are, are sleeping at their workplace rather than working from home and they're, they're ready, they're itching and they got to get back to their team. They got to get back to the water cooler. They got to get back to where there's synergy and energy that's live 
and where you don't look at a screen and wait for your opportunity to put your hand up to talk, body language and, and, and your motions tell everybody in the room who's going to speak next. And it works in such a better way to be live. So the, 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 off, the future of office will be different. The spaces will be different. We just built a brand new um, office space for Aspen post-COVID. And the design of it is completely different than pre-COVID. And I'll give you an example. We've got corridors of Zoom rooms. We call them Zoom rooms. They could be Teams rooms, but they're rooms where it's it's um, soundproof and there's monitors on the wall already there for you and there's proper lighting so you don't get this silhouette look that we all get, half of us get mm. when a window's behind us. And um, great lighting and great sound and, and great internet. And so you can go into the Zoom rooms rather than be out in the corridors or the, or the bullpens and you're not interrupting any, any, anybody. But what's going to happen is we're going to shift from bullpens and, and open space to more um, spaces like the, the Zoom corridors and more spaces that are open for gathering, talking, meeting, collaborating. And it, so the future of office will look different and it'll be more flexible. We'll probably need a little less space, but not, not significantly less. I'm going to say 10 to 15% less space going forward as we transition to flex, but it's not 30 to 40%. You talk a lot about culture in this interview. You've talked a lot about culture. Also, it's, it's highlighted very prominent on your website as well. I'm wondering as a leader, what you have done with your teams to keep people motivated as they've gone through, through this last year. Well, um, one of the committees that's been really active that, that, that grew out of, BLM was the idea committee. So we've always had a social committee, but but the the, the concept of um, inclusivity, um, diversity, equity, and accessibility. So we call it the idea committee. Grew up and found its legs in the last year, and they they've supplemented with what was formerly our social committee with a really fun program to really talk about what diversity is and accessibility and, and inclusivity and equity. And, and that group's been really active, like every day for the last two weeks, they've put a plan in place. So you, you send in a picture today of you in an active um, environment, send in a picture today of you in the 19, uh, sorry, in your high school yearbook, send in a picture. So those are the activations, the kind of things that have, that have helped our social committee or along parallel. But the other thing is, is the tone from the top's critical. So, mm -hmm. so where we used to do a quarterly, what we call as a state of the nation, we do that on, on really short notice when we can feel disconnection coming about because we aren't all together. So, so the state of the nation is the senior leadership team will have some things that will bring the team together and everybody in, in my business, everybody that works for Aspen, 100 employees approximately, will dial in, or if you can't, then it's taped. And so those state of the nations are pop-up now. They aren't scheduled. We feel a disconnect, and somebody goes, it's time for a state of the nation. What's the subject, and how do we do it right, and how do we bring our team's morale to the next place? So I, I like to say we're all startups today. I don't care whether you're Shell Oil or whether you're Aspen Properties or whether you're truly a startup. You have to challenge every major assumption that you relied on historically 
to keep us together and build, at least hold the culture where it is. And if you're lucky, you might be able to build some culture through this process, but it's really different today than it was a year ago. And you have to have your eye on the ball all the time and challenge everything. Scott, in one sentence before we conclude the show, the next 18 months, in your opinion? The cork's coming off the bottle. Demand for fun. What time? What time? I'll be there. August. <laughs> July and August. July and August. The cork comes off the bottle. It's going to be a great year ahead. Wow. I Okay. Two key quotes coming out of this one for me. We're all startups. Love it. And the cork's coming off. Yeah. Love it. Scott Hutchison, thank you so much for joining us on Calgary Next. This has been such a pleasure. Uh, my, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank All you. the best. Bye-bye.